TII Item 222, April 27th, 2012. It's so nice to be happy. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com to get 10% off your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Trey for sending in the background music you hear. Trey wrote, Hey, Rob, I made a song with GarageBand on my iPod Touch. Regards, Trey. Well, thanks, Trey, for the music. And folks, I'll try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. Also, I want to thank Ben for sending in the artwork for today's show. Ben wrote, Hi, Rob. I created this artwork on my iPad using only Photoshop Touch. Hope you like it. Regards, Ben. Well, Ben, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Ben's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 222, or if you subscribe via iTunes as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section, and I'll try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, no matter how many carriers sign on to carry the iPhone in the long run, Apple has again set itself up to be a niche player in the smartphones, just as it is in PCs. Unquote. Daniel Lyons, Newsweek, 12th of January, 2011. Dan Lyons, best known as Fake Steve Jobs. As some of you may know, Dan Lyons is best known as Fake Steve Jobs. Hey, one out of three pretty much sums that up. More proof that old media is in a world of hurt. Just saying. This week we have promo codes for a couple of apps, with the first one being IOMG. Let's play the comments from the dev on that. IOMG for iPad is a document distribution and presentation system. With IOMG you create a meeting session on your iPad and invite attendees to join using the meeting number. You then can control the presentation of PDF documents on the group of iPads from your device. Change the page displayed on your host iPad and every attendee changes to the same page within seconds. Attendees have the ability to post questions and feedback within a meeting session which are presented to the host. The app is designed to handle both large classrooms or live broadcast event presentations. IOMG for iPad works over Wi-Fi or cellular data with SSL encryption. TII listeners have a chance to get a special TII 10 attendee license key by request. The license key is not redeemed in the App Store. You will enter the license key and the enterprise license key within the IOMG profile. The site is IOMGAPP.com for more information. Thanks, Rob, for all you do. Thanks, James, for the review of your app, IOMG, and for sending in the keys to unlock your app for 10 users. Folks, if you would like a chance for a key for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put IOMG in the subject line. I'll be giving these keys away when episode 224 is released in about two weeks. 
here's the thing. The dev said he has as many available as we need. So if you want this, email me prior to episode 224 being released. He already sent over a bunch of keys. Methinks we shall need more. The second app we have promo codes for today is the app Relaxmatic. Let's play the comments from the dev. Hey Rob, this is Kent from Cappy Apps again to announce our latest app, Relaxmatic, the premier relaxation tool. Relaxmatic is a unique turn-of-the-century themed sight and sound relaxation experience. Use the planetarium celestial chart to hear the haunting sounds and music from throughout the galaxy. Use the binaural beats of brainwaves to coax your brain into relaxation, meditation, sleep, and more. Bring the outdoors indoors with the sounds of nature including soothing rain, peaceful forests, campfires, and a warm summer evening. Waterfalls, streams, crashing waves, or modern-day contraptions like fans, clocks, chimes drown out the worries of the day. Awaken the theater of the mind with tales of mystery, horror, and suspense from the magic voices of the past. Top it all off with a virtually endless array of images from the magic lantern that are themed to everything you're hearing. Use the built-in preset soundscapes or create your own. Relaxmatic is available now in the App Store for just $1.99. Thanks, Kent, for sending in those promo codes. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Relaxmatic in the subject line. As always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating in the review you are the dev. Thanks to Dell for the heads up on this next one, which is that Apple announced WWDC for 2012. If you hit the TI app, you should have received a push on this Wednesday morning US time, which means you had time to sign up. But now, alas, it is sold out. So again, another good reason to have had the TII app and to have it for the future. Granted, you only had about an hour and 15 minutes to sign up from when the push went out, but that was still enough time. This year, WWDC will be from June 11th to June 15th. It sold out in about two and a half hours. Tickets cost $15.99, as in $1,599. You had to be a paid member to the iOS or Mac developer programs. Limit was one ticket per person or five per organization. Still sold out in two and a half hours. For students who are also developing apps, Apple has a scholarship contest slash program. You need to submit by May 2nd, and to be eligible, you need to be a current member of the iOS dev program or the iOS dev university program or the Mac dev program. You also must, of course, be a student, part-time or full-time, and 13 years or older, and you need to provide proof of enrollment from your school. So there is a way, as a student, you can have 1600 bucks back in your pocket or in this case, you can actually, you know, get a ticket, which is the real case. The big announce at WWDC will likely be the introduction of iOS 6 and also the availability of the beta of iOS 6 to the devs at the event. In the past, we asked for people to send in their wish list for iOS 6 um, features. Looks like it's time to start going over what some of those replies were in upcoming episodes. And of course, you can call in what you would like to see in iOS 6 to 206-666-6364. That's 206 Moondog. Or you can send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. 
All right. I'm not saying that Apple is into subliminal messaging, but at the end of their quarterly conference call, they played a song. This song. You know what I'm saying? Happy. It's so nice to be happy. Everybody should be happy. Um, yeah. Of course, as an owner of Apple stock, I was actually happy. But still, Apple, make it a little less obvious you are trying to control my mind. Just saying. Per the quarterly conference call, Apple reported the following. Revenue of $39.2 billion, up from $24.7 billion in the year-ago quarter. Total cash is now at $110.2 billion, up from $12.6 billion for the quarter. Per iPhone sold, that was a staggering $35.1 million, up 88% from the year-ago quarter. Most analysts were predicting between $25 and $30 million for the quarter. For the iPad, there were $11.8 million sold iPod Touches, as is typical, were not given, but Apple did say they sold 7.7 million iPods overall, and over half were iPod Touches. Apple also said to date there have been over 365 million iOS devices sold. To support those devices, there are now over 600,000 different iOS apps in the App Store, with over 200,000 of them being iPad-specific. The iPhone 4S is now available in over 100 countries, and there are over 125 million users of iCloud worldwide. That song, by the way, is Happy by Alexa, A-L-E-X-I-A. Of course, before the Apple quarterly conference call, there were quite a few people that were not so happy. And these were people that were talking with regards to Apple that the sky was falling and that their numbers would disappoint and that the iPhone sales were going to be much lower than they turned out to be. Plus some reports about the iPad name fight in China that were just plain wrong. And that led to some, quote, analysts, unquote, to start saying now was the time to start shorting Apple. And well, those people that did that, well, they're not happy. They're definitely not singing that happy song. There was one article that was really funny at marketwatch.com where the guy talked about how he was calling for a short on Apple back in December, January. And well, he kinda was wrong then, but now he was right in calling for a short. This being before the quarterly report on Tuesday came out, which once again showed him to be wrong. So Thomas H. Key Jr., President and CEO of Stock Traders Daily, a special how wrong were they shout out to you. I want to take a minute now to thank today's sponsor, and that is Hover. If you go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, you can get 10% off your domain name registrations and transfers. As I mentioned before, One of the nice features of Hover is the ability to quickly and easily create multiple redirects from a single URL for no additional cost. There is no additional cost to hide the personal info on your domain. There is no annoying trick you into multiple upsell items you did not want when you use Hover. It is just a good, customer-friendly interface that is a joy to work with. So when you are looking to redirect your .com or .net or some other .something domain, 
to your Facebook page or your Pinterest page or your Tumblr pages, Hover is there for you to make it easy to tell people where to find you on the web. Remember, control your namespace. It is the best thing you can do on the web. As an example, you could register yourname.com and then set up yourname.com slash Facebook to go to your Facebook page and yourname.com slash Pinterest to go to your Pinterest page and so on. I am a customer and a very, very happy one of Hover and highly recommend them for your .com and .net and any other domain name registration needs that you have, as well as quite a few other dot something domains. Again, to save 10% on your registrations and transfers, go to tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com. Isn't it time you like registering domain names again? Thanks, Hover, for supporting this show. Hey, Rob, it's Ryan from Redmond. Just wanted to give you a heads up. I heard on your last episode you said with a PDNet you weren't sure if it could work uh, while tethering your iPad. I just wanted to let you know that it does work. Right now I'm kind of on a uh, longer road trip down to the airport with my three-year-old, and I've got him on the iPad, and I've got PDA-Net on my phone, so it allows him to watch all his uh, videos on YouTube and whatnot. So just wanted to give you a heads up. It works great, and uh, look forward to your next show. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Rob. This is Ray from Richmond, Virginia. I was just listening to your podcast, 221, and one of the listeners was talking about uh, AT&T realizing he was using uh, my wife to tether to his iPad, and you made a comment that you uh, that PDA-Net does not connect to the iPad, just to a laptop, but I've got PDA-Net, and when I had my iPhone jailbroken last year, I was able to tether it to my iPad. So PDA Net does work with the iPad. Just thought I'd let you know. Thanks, man. Keep up the great work. I heard your podcast about uh, talking about using PDA Net on, on a jailbroken iPhone to tether an iPad. Well, I don't, I don't know what you've experienced in the past, but with my new iPad, it seems like uh, PDA Net on the iPhone works just fine. I've had no problems tethering, and I even had that... Uh, hide uh, type 1 option set as well. So uh, tell the user, try PDA net again, because um, like I said, for me, it works just fine. Okay, thanks. Talk to you later. Enjoy your show. Bye. Okay, so I totally got it wrong on the last episode about PDA net and tethering to an iPad via Wi-Fi. Obviously, it can be done. I actually tested, and yes, it's working for me. I know sometime in the past, though, it didn't work for me. Not sure if this was when I had a trial version or was running iOS 4.x or what it was. At the time, I could not get PDNet to run with my iPad. I don't know what was going on there. Anyway, as per the callers that called in, it does work now. And again, I was able to get it to work for me just fine after I got all these messages in. So sorry for the error on the last show. On the last show, I also mentioned about calibrating, resetting your home button if it was acting a little wonky or sluggish. To do that, you open up a stock app like the weather app, then hold down the power button. Once the slider appears, release the power button and then tap and hold the home button until the app closes out and you are back to the home screen. I was skeptical that that worked, but I had a few emails like the following. Hi Rob, per calibrating the home button, it worked for me on my iPhone 4S and iPad 3. Regards, Thomas in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Hi Rob. Per the home button calibration, I have used this little trick in the past and it really does work. It made a big difference on my wife's iPad 2. 
I don't have any idea how or why it works, just glad it does. Regards, Mark. And, hey Rob, the solution to restore any home button lag works. This is a nice reset feature. Regards, Jose. Thanks to all that sent in emails and voicemails on this. Guess it does work after all. Hi, Rob. This is Hannah from Denver, Colorado. I'm calling with an app review about spinning meals. My husband and I both work. We're very busy. We have three children ages four and younger. And even though I work from home, it's hard for me to sit down and uh, plan out an entire week's meal schedule. And shopping just becomes haphazard. So the thing that I love about spinning meals is that it was created by a family food blogger. um, And he understands the struggle of families trying to make nutritious and delicious meals for their families. Um, So he preloaded the app um, with some really great recipes. uh, But you can also go in and add in your own very easily. It's got a really great user interface. Um, I've tried a lot of other food apps and sometimes they just become overly complicated and kind of almost annoying <laughs> to use so it's very simple to use but um the thing that that really makes the app great is when, once you open it up all you have to do is touch the screen and it spins up an entire week's meal schedule for your family and you can go in and customize the features you know if there's a particular recipe that you guys eat on a regular basis or um, if there's one that you eat rarely or even one you eat seasonally, you know, maybe you only eat chili in the fall and winter months, you tell the app those details and it factors that into um, each week's meal plan. You can even set a certain uh, night of the week to always be pizza night if you want or some, some other spaghetti night, you know, whatever whatever you want for your family. So I love that it's the perfect combination of, you know, customization as far as coming up with your family's tastes and meal plans but also it does all the work as far as kind of randomly generating something fresh and new uh, for your family. So that's my review of Spinning Meals. Um, Have a great day, Rob. Thanks so much for the show. Hannah, thanks for the review of Spinning Meals. Folks, if you have a favorite app you want to send in a review of, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record the review on your iOS device and email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Verizon, AT&T, and Sprint all released numbers about the iPhone sales within the last week. With Verizon, there were 6.3 million smartphones sold overall in the last quarter, and over half, 3.2 million, were iPhones. So once a dominantly Android smartphone vendor is now in back-to-back quarters selling more iPhones than all their other smartphones combined. Over at AT AT&T, they reported smartphone sales of 5.5 million, of which the iPhone was a whopping 4.3 million, meaning all other smartphones combined at AT&T could only muster up a little less than 22%. Interestingly enough, those numbers had completely different responses based, I guess, on if the reporter was an Apple basher or an Apple fanboy. Per the fanboy side, GigaOM had an article titled, At AT&T, iPhone continues to boom. But over at CNN Money, the post reporting the same info as GigaOM had a post titled AT&T and Verizon iPhones Activations Disappoint. So, go figure. Oh, the fun of waiting through Google Alerts. Sprint on Wednesday also reported iPhone sales. In their case, there were 1.5 million iPhones activated last quarter, and all of them are on unlimited data plans which it appears Sprint has also indicated that when LTE phones are made available, 
they will continue to have unlimited data plans. Read iPhone 2012 will be available with LTE later this year, and Sprint will still give those users unlimited data. I know that from time to time, okay, pretty much every episode, I kind of sort of slam some schlock quote reporter unquote for some really bad article where facts are just an inconvenience. But this time, I want to send out big kudos or big time kudos to Stan Abrams from the Business Insider for his article titled Apple versus ProView, The Media is Embarrassing Itself. Stan points out very well how all the articles earlier this week and this past weekend about the iPad name and a Chinese official's comments were pretty much BS and or meaningless per the fight that Apple's actually fighting. I was reading these articles and watching Apple's stock diving on Tuesday and came to the same conclusion, which is why I purchased a bunch of Apple stock on Tuesday. Again, Stan, job well done. And yes, for full and fair disclosure, I am long on Apple and own Apple shares and now more than I did before. For all of those on LinkedIn, there is now an iPad version of the LinkedIn app. This one is Retina Display Ready. The app, as you would expect, is free. You can find me on LinkedIn at www.linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash podcast 411. And of course, you can find the LinkedIn app on the iTunes App Store. Hey, Rob, this is Ron in Toronto calling. I was just listening to the conversation about speed tests. And I recently tested my new iPad on LTE on the Canadian carrier Rogers, and I was blown away. It was 19 megabit down, 5 megabit up, which is which is better than my home with, with uh, Rogers. Thanks for all you do. Great podcast. Take care. Ron, thanks for the info. I also had an email come in with some LTE speed test results. Hi, Rob. I have only done one test due to I have been in one area after getting my iPad 3 4G LTE. The area is Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, and the app used is iNetwork Test. iPad 3 LTE showing the download speed on the first try was 6.5 megabits per second, and on the second try, 5.49 megabits per second. Upload speed on the first try was 1.8 megabits per second, and on the second try, it was 1.9 megabits per second. Regards, Thomas in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Thanks, gentlemen, for your feedback. If anyone does any other LTE speed tests, please let us know your results and the carrier and the location. Hello, Rob. This is Kevin from Minnesota. I'm calling with response to one of your questions your listeners had in episode 221 about color matching for paints. You are correct that there are a number of hardware stores that do carry uh, apps. They have apps to do supposedly matching. You are correct that the color sampling would probably be pretty vital to that. But um, Bear makes one. Sherwin-Williams makes one. And also My Pantone, can, if you're doing graphical work, can also do some color matching. So each, I think Sherwin-Williams' version is called Color Snap. I can't remember what Bears is called, B-E-H-R, and my Pantone is a, a third app. So hope, hopefully one of those helps your listener, and thanks for all the great work. Okay, I had a lot of feedback per the question on color match apps. Some of the apps recommended were Color Detect, one word, Color Visor, one word, Color In, one word, Color Inspector for iPhone, four words, Vision Hunt, one word. Thanks to Paul H. for the heads up on those. Laurie mentioned Color Capture, one word by Benjamin Moore. 
Hey Rob, this is Kirk Weaver in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Just answering one of the uh, caller's questions about being able to match colors using the iPhone. Um, there is an app out there called Color Smart Mobile by Bear Paints where you can take a picture of a room with a color or uh, something, a sample with a color, and it'll actually match what paint color to that actual picture. I'm sure there may be issues with lighting and that type of thing, but you can review the picture and then pick areas on the picture that have the correct lighting and get the actual match and bare paints. It actually helps you uh, calculate how much paint you need based on square footage of walls. Um, it has sample rooms where you can use their colors and you can see different trim and wall colors and how they match up and how different walls would look in different rooms with different lighting conditions. It's a pretty nice app, so check that out and uh, hopefully that answers your caller's question. Thanks. And one more email on this. Hi Rob, there are several programs that do paint matching. The best I have found is Benjamin Moore's called Color Capture. As you surmised on the show, lighting does make a significant difference. Where I do use it, though, is to get me in the neighborhood. Then I can collect samples to take home and then consider. Regards, and no name was given. Thanks all for the suggestions on the Color Match apps. Hopefully one of those will work for the listener that asked about that in episode 221. Back into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. How do I get the Kickstarter item Galileo? It looks cool, but it's fully funded, and it won't let me back it. Regards, David. I know I mentioned Kickstarter a bunch on the show, and the way Kickstarter works is the person putting up a project sets it up to run for a specific period of time and with a specific goal. During that time, people interested in the project can pledge to fund it. Usually, in exchange for the funding, you would get one of said items being funded. You give your billing info. If the project is funded, and really only if the project is funded, you are billed that amount. If the project does not reach its goal, even if it misses by just $1, no one pays. But you must, must, must have your pledge in before the time period is over. Even if the project is funded, there is no way to get one of said items through Kickstarter. Once a project is funded, your only choice is to contact the people or the company that created the product and see if they will sell you one, which, if they will, will almost always be at a higher price than was offered in the funding round. The idea behind the funding round and the pricing in the funding round is to offer at a price below what the eventual list price would be. So, David, long answer short, you need to contact the company behind the Galileo and see if they can get you on a list to purchase it after they send out the units to all those that did fund the project. Hello, hey, Rob. This is Carl Brooks with IamThereforeiPad.com. And the uh, U.S. does to give us a call regarding the Kickstarter website and projects that uh, we've backed. Uh, I've backed, backed a couple, and the first one I backed was Tapoze. It's a uh, software for the iPad that brings like the courier type concept that Microsoft was trying to do years ago. Uh, pretty interesting software. Won't get my new iPad until next month, so I can't wait to really try that. I have the iPad one; it's kind of sluggish on there, but it works fine. But looking forward to the new iPad. I am also a backer of the Pebble, and I am also the backer of a product called the Slingshot. It's called Slingshot. It stabilizes your video phone. Uh, it's a tripod and a holder. Pretty slick concept. And then one last thing I'm looking at, I hadn't 
quite back yet, but I just have a couple of questions, but I definitely will be. It's called the Flip Steady. It's a case for the iPad. Flip Steady. I'm going to go with the Pro, uh, which has the magnets on it to turn it on and off. But those are the two that I, or three that I've backed and two that I'm looking at backing. All right, love the show. Keep up the good work, and I'll see you on the web. Bye. Carl, thanks for the feedback. Folks, if you have backed or funded a Kickstarter project and have received that product, please give us a call, 206-666-6364, 206-MOON-DOG, or send in an email to todayinios at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts on the Kickstarter project you backed and how that product worked and if it lived up to your expectations or not. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Do you think the Pebble e-paper wash will work in low light? Regards, Bernard W. Hi, Bernard. Do you mean that little itty-bitty Kickstarter project called the Pebble that has almost $7 million in pledges? Well, the answer to your question is they have a backlight. So you can use and read the watch when it's dark by turning on the backlight. So yes, it will work in low light. And speaking of Kickstarter, there is another project called The Bridge, spelled B-R-Y-D-G-E, that I had a bunch of people email in about. At first I thought, I was not going to mention it because, well, as Tim Cook said on Tuesday, his quarterly conference call, it is essentially a toaster in a refrigerator. That is how he explained combining a laptop and a tablet into one device. And this Kickstarter project is a case for the iPad that has a keyboard. Yes, seems there is something like a hundred of those out there. And Tim Cook just said he does not see it working out. But I guess no one told those pledging on Kickstarter as this one already hit their 90k target, actually blew it away. And so maybe there is something special about a case for a $500 iPad that costs you $210 with the speakers, or just $170 without speakers. Both steep prices for an iPad case. What appears to be different on this case is how the iPad snaps into the case and how it closely resembles the MacBook Air. It is a good-looking case, and if you are interested in learning more about this, search for Bridge, B-R-Y-D-G-E, over at Kickstarter. And right now, there are over 170 k in pledges, so congrats, guys, for taking a toaster and a refrigerator and getting them to work together. Okay, thanks, sort of, kind of, I guess, to all that sent in links to this next one. All right, many of us have already seen the articles about an iPhone heroically diving in front of a bullet and stopping said wayward bullet from killing the owner of the iPhone. The only issue is, what about the poor iPhone? Well, in the past, such a selfish act would have resulted in certain death of said iPhone. But those days are now over thanks to Maruti Corp. out of Japan that now offers a one-inch thick metal case. Okay, sure, it costs $650 and weighs 2.1 kilograms or... 4.6 pounds. And sure, it only protects it from the rear. But did we mention it will stop a 50 caliber round? Okay, at least that is what Marathi is claiming. Not that they have any videos to prove it, but at least that's what they're saying. And at 4.6 pounds and over an inch thick, dude, it sounds like something made by Dell. Anyway, if you buy this and then get shot by a 50 caliber round on the back of the case, Please let us know if it did successfully stop said round and if your iPhone survived. There is an analyst by the name of George Colony. 
which really sounds like a name from a bad 1950s sci-fi movie. Well, George is not just any analyst. He is the CEO and founder of Forest Research. And George has been making some predictions about Apple of late that, well, to me, seem like some of those predictions of the future made in a bad 1950s sci-fi movie. George is predicting the decline of Apple. This, his reasoning, is because of the death of Steve Jobs. Seems George thinks you have to have a charismatic leader to be a great company, and Cook ain't it. Funny thing is, I always thought you needed to have charismatic products. Anyway, some will ask, are people uh, Apple fanboys because of Steve or because of Apple? Truth is, there were Apple fanboys during the period when Steve was away from Apple. And it was the base, or that base of fanboys, that helped Steve turn things around. Others might argue that the fanboys today are there just because of Steve, and sans Steve, you are sans fanboys. Here is my thought on Apple's future. I think Apple has many talented people, Johnny I, Phil Schiller, Scott Forrestal, and more. These people learned from Steve and complimented Steve. Is Apple better off without Steve? Of course not. But the real question is, is Apple, as set up by Steve before his death, better than everyone else? And I think for the foreseeable future, the answer remains a solid yes. It's not fair to compare Apple sans Steve to Apple with Steve. The only real comparison is Apple versus everyone else. And in that regards, I still believe Apple is the best company out there as far as supplying products to end users that they really, really want to use. Okay, kind of a soapbox rant, but I saw a lot of people pick up on Mr. Colony's comments and run with them. And I just think, Mr. Colony, well, I think he has a place waiting for him in the How Wrong Were They segment in the future TII episode. Hi, my name's Chauncey Regan, and I'm one of the founders of Twizgrid. I just wanted to share a little information with you about our new app that launched last week. So Twizgrid is a free app that presents the visual side of Twitter. Essentially, it aggregates photos shared on Twitter and displays them all in one location. Users can browse various albums, they can search for a particular topic by keyword, or they can view photos directly from an individual. There's also a very cool geo feature that allows users to narrow any search by location. For example, you could search for photos of food within five miles of San Francisco or browse images of sunsets in Bali. What's really great about Twizgrid is users don't actually even need a Twitter account to use the majority of our features. So check it out. Twizgrid is available in the App Store for free. We already have some really exciting new features in the works, so stay tuned for future upgrades and hope you enjoy. Chauncey, thanks for sending in the review of Twizgrid, T-W-I-Z-G-R-I-D. Folks, it's free. I like free. Go check it out. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. iPad app notability from Ginger Labs will allow editing of RTF text files. Great app that also allows handwriting on RTF docs and annotating PDFs with text and handwriting. The app also does audio recording and Dropbox syncing. I have a dozen different note-taking apps, and this one is highly functional. Regards, Robert N. Thanks, Robert, for the feedback. We also had some other emails come in with regards to PDF document editing. Hi, Rob. I use an app called Pen and Paper. It allows you to open a PDF and draw or type on it. It uses the PDF as the background, so you're not directly editing it but you can then upload the original PDF with the edits to Dropbox or, or email it. 
I've used it a few times to sign PDF files. I receive via email and send them back and it works pretty well. Regards, Jesse D. Hi Rob, I use PDF Pen from Smile Software. Smile has a ton of great products. Regards, Chad D. Tash from Down Under sent a link to the app PDF Expert, which is from Readle. And finally, we had this email. Hi Rob, new.annotate, that is N-E-U dot A-N-N-O-T-A-T-E, is my favorite PDF app, which I use to take notes in class. The Plus version for $1 has some additions, but I don't know what they are. And if they're worth it, I just mostly wanted to support the dev. I use it on scanned PDFs, so not sure how it does on highlighting text. Regards, Brian. Thanks for all of your suggestions. And as always, links for any of the apps mentioned in today's show can be found in the show notes for episode 222 over at todayinios.com. Hey, Rob. Bill here from Silverdale, Washington. I've got a question which you probably have covered in some of your vast library of shows, but I love the alert feature or the reminder feature with the new iPhone 4S, but I always have my phone on vibrate. And is there a way that that reminder can come through with a sound? When I have my phone on vibrate, it either vibrates or, and I miss the reminder all the time. Hope that makes sense and love to, see if someone's figured out how to make it work. Thanks. Hi, Bill. I understand what you're saying, which is basically you want to have your ringer turned off, but the reminder audio tone come through. This way your phone calls don't come through, but if you had a reminder, you would hear it. And I don't know of a way to do that. I looked through the settings and I couldn't figure it out. If anyone knows of a way to do that or knows of a jailbreak app that allows you to do that, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hello, Rob. This is Philip calling from Titletown, USA. I used the link in your TII app to call you from my new iPhone 4S, which I got on Friday from uh, regional carrier Cellcom. They have a excellent signal throughout Wisconsin, especially in the northern half of the state. Um, I also tried something new with this uh, new phone. I decided to try to never connect it to my iMac or iTunes, and that was mostly successful. I migrated to iCloud before I got the 4S, so while I was still in the Cellcom office, I entered my iCloud information, and boom, all the contacts, calendar, notes, bookmarks, uh, they all came over right away. That was really quick, really easy. All I had to do was reset up favorites in the phone app. For music, that was a little tougher until I, until I figured out I signed up for iTunes Match, and then, that, then your playlists synced to the iCloud. So I just went in and picked the, the playlist that I wanted, and uh, then there's a download all link, so I could uh, very quickly was able to get all the music that I wanted. So I have a question. Does backing up to iCloud save what apps and app settings and iPhone settings and that kind of thing in case you ever have to do a factory reset or a hardware change, swap out type of thing? Um, if not, I think I'm going to tether just for the backup capability because I don't want to have to go through all that again. Uh, is there a way to get custom ringtones or, or most especially my family videos that I want to take with me? Is there a good way to get them to the iPhone 4S without having to jailbreak or, or without having to tether to iTunes? Um, I don't know that there is. That's about it. Thanks for doing your show. Keep up the great work and take care. Hi, Phil. Per the question about getting your videos and 
your ringtones from your computer to your iPhone without connecting your computer to your iPhone. I don't really know a good way. Maybe someone can suggest uh, some way for him to do that uh, so that they work in there. I understand you don't want to sync it up, but you may need to sync it up. And then to the question about iCloud, if anyone out there is using iCloud, do you know when you do a backup to iCloud, does it not only save which apps you have, but does it save what screens they were in? And if you have folders on those different home screens, does it rebuild up all your folders and everything else and all your apps? So for iCloud users, how thorough is a backup to iCloud? All right, switching subjects. Thanks to all that sent in the following. Seems there is a jailbreak app called SAM, S-A-M, this app allows you to unlock any jailbroken iPhone. So if your phone wasn't one that used to be on AT&T that you can get unlocked and you want your iPhone unlocked, this Cydia app helps or appears to help in getting that done. There is a link in the show notes titled I Clarified Unlock Your iPhone Using SAM. This procedure is not for the faint of heart with over 20 steps. Also, it was reported that some that do this lose the ability to get push notifications. If anyone out there did the same unlock and it is working or not working for you, please let us know. By the way, I'm really, really glossing over this whole unlock procedure. If you're interested, make sure you watch the video at the link that I mentioned and review all the steps before remotely even thinking of doing this. One other note on the jailbreak side of things, there is a new version of Red Snow out for Mac and Windows. I had some people asking if this meant there was now an untethered jailbreak for iOS 5.1. No, this does not mean that at all. This latest version of Red Snow is for iOS 5.0.1. So all those already jailbroken or running iOS 5.1, nothing to see here. Move along, move along. This is really just for those that are running iOS 5.0.1 and looking to jailbreak. Thanks to Steven in Arizona for this next one. And it's really for the Android users in the audience. Yes, I know there are a few of you left. Seems there is an app in the Android market, or as they call it now, Google Play Store. Whatever. Anyway, the new app is called iPhone 4S Screen. And it, well, changes around your UI to make it look like that of the iPhone 4S. It's not a complete change of the UI, but it is the home screen and with the stock app Apple icons, with icons being the key word as it is just the icons tapping on the weather or contacts app does not launch the iOS version or something that looks like the iOS version, but rather just the stock Android version. They even have Siri, but it does not work. Nice. What if I told you this app has been downloaded over a million times? As a iOS fanboy, I kind of think it is sad that there are that many Android users that just want to break free and get on the iOS that they need to download this pseudo iOS app. As Cult of Mac said, this app is kind of like giving a glass of water to someone in hell. And there go the last few Android listeners. Oops. Okay, actually, I have to do one more Android story. This one comes from a Google Plus post from a Google Android software engineer, a Mr. Jean-Baptiste Querer, and he says in this post, quote, I'm happy to see Ice Cream Sandwich on more devices. Congratulations to Sony on joining the bleeding edge. 
It took only, only about five months to ship this after I released the code in the Android open source project at the very end of last year. This is actually a very reasonable time since under the hood ice cream sandwich is quite different from honeycomb and upgrades from gingerbread are likely to take longer as the differences are huge, unquote. Um, wow, five months, a reasonable time for getting software that was released onto the hardware. Well, hey, how about five minutes? That is a reasonable time. But five months for the bleeding edge? Ouch. Yeah, be glad if you're a dev, you are developing for iOS. And thankfully, if you're a user of iOS, you can get the latest version. While, you know, it is still the latest software version. Just saying. Hey, Rob, it's Laura in Nashville. I was calling to comment on um, something I just heard on your show where um, I was calling in about the database that blocks stolen phones. And I think that's an excellent idea because I have had one stolen before. It was the very first iPhone, and it was shortly after it came out when it was a big, big punch in the gut to buy it over again. But anyway, I called AT&T. They were zero help about blocking it or um, tracking it with the IMIE or anything. They were just no good. And recently, my accountant told me that someone stole her business uh, license name or something or another and went to AT&T and bought a bunch of iPhones with it. And the AT&T films all these transactions on camera in their store, and they refused to turn over the footage to the police to help track down the people that did this, which she immediately withdrew all her accounts from AT&T and went to Verizon because they do cooperate in those type of investigations. And I had never heard that before. So all the data is adding up. It may be time for me to leave AT&T. And I'm just curious if anybody else had, had similar stories about that. So thanks for the, um, the article. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, Rob. It's Ron in Toronto again. I meant to ask on the last call. Uh, anyone can help me out with my photo stream failing uh, on startup with Windows 7, it just happened when the latest release of iTunes came out. I think a lot of people are having this problem, but I haven't heard it discussed, and I'm searching for a solution. Thanks. Take care. If anyone can help Ron out, give us a call, 206-666-6364-206-MOONDOG, or send us an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I have run out of games that I'm addicted to. I like games which have strategy as well as a bit of action, so Civilization or SimCity are too long, and better on a PC anyway. I'd love to hear what other listeners have to recommend. I'll go first. My all-time favorites are Plants vs. Zombies and the Farm Frenzy series. The Farm Frenzy series, which is well less known, is brilliant. It makes you think and still have the adrenaline rush of Plants vs. Zombies. For anyone trying it, Give it a few games, turns before judging it. It is truly brilliant. Regards, Tash. Hi, Tash. Thanks for the email. And folks, if you have a favorite game or really a favorite app of any kind, please either give us a call or send us an email and let us know what you think of your favorite apps, which is what Phil did here. And he wrote, Hi, Rob. Some really cool apps I've come across recently. Printopia. Printopia is an app for the Mac that lets you print from iOS without having an AirPrint compatible printer. I can print to any of my Mac's printers. I can print to my Dropbox folder on my Mac, or I can just send to the Mac, which turns this to a print job, into, an e into a PDF, and opens it in preview. Really cool. 
well worth the $20. You can find that at ecam, that's E-C-A-M-M dot com. Note Printopia installs as a system preference by once, but install for each Mac user uh, you need to. The next app is Pocket. Pocket is a nice and clean reader app. The app is in the iTunes App Store. Go to getpocket.com to get instructions to set up the special bookmarks, which makes it very easy to save off articles. Plus, you can email them or save them off from the supported app. And the third app I want to talk about is Air Server. Air Server lets iOS users use a Mac for its display. It uses it to mirror the display so I can get nice screen captures. AirServeApp.com. It's $15. Thanks to Macworld for this tip. Unfortunately, this does not work with the iPhone 3GS, but it works great with the iPhone 4S and the iPad 2. Regards, Phil from Titletown. Thanks, Phil, for the review of those apps. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I really missed URL scheme that disappeared with iOS 5.1, especially turning on and off Bluetooth. I know, I know. I could jailbreak to get SP settings, but I was talked into AppleCare. But this app appeared in the App Store last week. It cost 99 cents. It works pretty good, too. Thought some of your listeners might like this app, too. The app name is Bluetooth on-off, on-off being one word. And, well, it lets you quickly turn on and off Bluetooth. Regards, Amico. Thanks, Miko, for the heads up on Bluetooth on-off. Not sure how that one slipped by the App Store sensors, so it may or may not be there by the time you hear this episode. Hey, Rob, this is Joseph from Canada. I'm just uh, calling in because you had a listener question uh, who was trying to bring in a feed to watch uh, TV on his iPad, and then he wanted to airplay it onto his Apple TV, and he wasn't able to do it because... Of course, as soon as uh, he tries to connect to the, uh, the Wi-Fi network, he loses his 3G connection or LTE connection, whatever he's using. Just want to let you know, here's the uh, workaround for that. You can actually create a Wi-Fi hotspot, which, of course, uses a 3G connection. Connect your Apple TV to the Wi-Fi hotspot that you've just created with your iPad or iPhone, and boom, there you go. You'll be able to use your uh, AirPlay mirroring and you'll be connected using your uh, 3G or LTE radio. Hope that helps. Uh, I've done it, tried it, and it works great for me. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Joseph, thanks for the feedback. There is a really, really cool super yacht called the Adstra. It is also really, really expensive at $15 million or pounds, depending on which article you read. Either way, it is a wee bit out of my price range and yours as well. If it's not out of yours, hey... Think of making a nice donation to the show. Anyway, this super cool, super expensive yacht, well, super expensive to me, maybe it's cheap in the super yacht circles. Anyway, said yacht is being mentioned because you know what they use to control said yacht? If you guessed an iPad, well, you remembered what this show is about. That's right. An iPad is what is used to control the shot, making it the most expensive iPad accessory we have talked about to date. The pictures of this shot are actually pretty impressive. Looks like something right out of a Star Trek episode. And if you could not guess, I am a Trekkie. All my dogs I have ever owned are named for Star Trek characters, including Jean-Luc, my first dog, and in my, in this case, meaning mine as an adult, and my second dog, I named her Vash. Trekkies will know who Vosh was and the significance there. 
Anyway, I did really like the uh, reboot by J.J. Abrams that he did on Star Trek, and I'm excited to see the next movie in the reboot. I had heard recently that the bad guy in the next movie was going to be played by Benedict Cumberbatch, who some of you may know as the star of Sherlock, the new hit series in the UK uh, about Sherlock Holmes. What I had not heard until this article that was in New York Times is that Cumberbatch landed the role via a video audition he did by recording it on an iPhone, and hence how I can justify mentioning something about Star Trek on this episode. The article is worth a read, and it seems Cumberbatch has a good sense of humor and takes a little dig at blackberries in the article, or, well, people in Hollywood that use blackberries to be more specific. Hi, Rob. Got a question for you. If not, maybe the listeners might know. But why, oh why, do when I go to my recent call list, does it never ever show the most recent missed or dialed call, but it starts somewhere down the middle, requiring you to scroll all the way to the top to see the most recent results. It's been plaguing me for a long time. The internet does not say a word about it. So uh, that's it. Love your show. Maybe I can get an answer. Thanks. James, if answers it is that you do seek, next episode it is that you may find. Because really, I have no idea. The only thing I could say to you is whenever that happens, just tap where the time is at the top on the top bar, and that will auto-scroll you to the top of that screen. So just a simple tap, and you're going to get to the top. I really don't know why it would be opening in the middle, unless it just has something to do with... Uh, where you've most recently tapped in the most recents. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I was wondering if you know of an app that is like the Wii Sports Resorts plane flying game, one that you just fly around and do simple missions or just fly f- free fly all around. Any help would be great, or maybe asking the audience regards Lance. Hi, Lance. On this one, I shall ask the audience if anyone can help Lance. If you know of a game that you can go and do a bunch of flying around, please let us know. Just some quick news and notes on me before we get out of here. If you can't get enough of me, check out the excellent interview Jason Hartman did with me for his podcast, Speaking of Wealth. Link in the show notes. We talk about podcasting and the business of podcasting. For those in the New York area or any area and you are interested in learning more about blogging or podcasting or new media or or some combination thereof, I will be at Blog World Expo in New York City June 5th through June 7th. I will be speaking at the Expo on three different tracks. One on June 5th will be about doing interviews and then two on June 6th more about the podcasting and business side of podcasting. Go to blogworldexpo.com, that's blogworldexpo.com, to learn more. And of course, if you are going, please let me know. Finally, thanks to today's sponsor, which is Hover. If you want to save 10% on your domain name registrations, go to tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com. Thanks, Hover, for sponsoring the show. And as always, if you have any tips, tricks, comments, questions, anything you want to share with the audience or ask me, give us a call 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or record it on your iOS device and email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Until the next time, I'm your host Rob from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different.
This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.